Fetiches. You're here with your girl Flor. Thanks for coming back. And I thought I'd come on here and share some of my fucking frustrations, okay? Um, so I'm still looking for folks that want to be a guest on my segments regarding the student loan forgiveness. So I'm looking for folks that are in debt with their student loans to share their experiences with borrowing the loan, repaying it, whether it's impacted your lifestyle and so on, just so that we can share some realities of life, getting these degrees and getting in debt because of them. But meanwhile, I am gathering some guests. I'm going to continue on with this show. And today I am covering La Familia because our Latino culture, like y'all, we are such a proud, proud people. And I feel like it is in our culture to be all about our family, to be so close to them and, you know, drop everything for our family. But Family could fuck us up, okay? Like, my family's got me fucked up. I ain't even gonna lie. Family's got me the fucked up, okay? I had to go to therapy. Um, a few years ago, I started going to therapy because I was burnt out at work. And here I thought I was burnt out from work and that therapy was gonna be about work. <laughs> Therapists had to tell me about myself. Um, at the time, a lot came up about my relationship with my mom, which I will get into more detail on a different segment because that is a whole, whole other ballgame. And then this time that I went to therapy, a lot of shit came up about my dad. Now, I'm a big daddy's girl. For those that know me personally and that have known me for a few years y'all know that my dad is my superhero like that's my dude that was the first friend I ever had he's the one that told me about puberty the menstrual cycle like we were literally leaving out of a soccer game we were sitting in the car my sister that's a year younger than me was passed out in the back seat and my dad's over here telling me about periods and shit awkward but that, that's how he is you know he's always had my back I've always had his back I, he is someone that I admire. But a lot of shit came up about him that I had normalized. That's also going to be another segment for another day because it's a whole thing. In general, I want to talk about how fucked up family can be. Because, you know, we're raised within this culture that family comes first. You love and accept your family unconditionally. And what that translates to us in our younger brains is that regardless of what your family is doing to you or did to you, you accept them and love them holistically. So what ends up happening? You end up inviting the tios that molested somebody in the family, the the tia's husband or the boyfriend that raped somebody. You end up hanging around with las tias toxicas that always want to comment on your fucking weight, that either you're too fat or you're too skinny, 
or you got cousins making fun of you because you're half Mexican and not full Mexican, or because your Spanish has a little accent because, bitch, my mom is Guatemalan, okay? So you end up forcing yourself to be in these spaces with people that are literally only making you feel like shit. Why? When I went away to college, I didn't realize how separate I was from my family, from my external family. I always considered myself to be a family-oriented person because I was always surrounded by my sisters and my parents and my aunt that lives with us. So I am the oldest. I have three younger sisters that I grew up with. And growing up, if there was a party that I was invited to, I always had to bring one of them along. I'm not gonna lie, I am more closer to my sister that's a year younger than me versus the last two. And I feel like it's honestly because of the age gap. Me and her are a year apart. Whereas the other one is like, I don't even know, like maybe like a six year difference. And then the other one is eight years younger. So my sister that is a year younger than me went through similar stages like I did. Like we, we basically went through the same shit at the same time. She went to college a year after me. For a little bit, we actually got to be in the same college at the same time. So a lot of the shit that I was navigating, like she was right behind me doing it at the same time. So for a lot of it, I didn't feel alone. And I thought that that was good enough until I went off to college and I had a roommate, Mexican, and she would get so excited that her primas were gonna come visit or her primo was gonna come visit and she would text her cousins all the time and they had like a group text and shit. And I'm like, so is this how, is this how family is supposed to function? Like I was so confused. And we had a lot of drama, like my dad had a lot of drama with his cousins, which ended up forcing this separation between my second cousins and me. Because my first cousins, they're all basically in Mexico and they're all super younger than me. Like two of them, well, one of them, the oldest one after me is still in college and then getting his undergrad and then the other ones are just graduated from high school graduating from high school in elementary school in like kindergarten like it's a huge gap you know so the ones that were closer to my age were my dad's cousin's kids and I would see them at family parties yeah and it was fun when I would be around them and stuff but I always felt this like separation you know I always felt like there wasn't, I wasn't as close to them as they were They were to each other. And I want to say it's because they're all first cousins and we were second cousins. So like their parents would always hang out because they're all, you know, brothers and sisters. And they would go visit their parents. So my cousin's grandparents and stuff like that. So I get that, you know. And for a while it bothered me because I, I wanted that excitement of having someone from your family come visit you and 
doing dumb shit together, like drinking or like smoking weed or something that maybe is not your best self in that moment, but it's something you did together that you experienced together that you can laugh at later, you know? But I didn't really have that. And while I was in college, I feel like I was kind of, well, actually, even in high school, I felt like I was kind of going through an identity crisis, I'm not going to lie, because I am half Mexican and half Guatemalan. So growing up, I would always identify more with my Guatemalan side than my Mexican side. And it was because my mom was the one cooking the food. So the stuff I was eating wasn't always Mexican. And come to think of it now, it wasn't always Guatemalan either. She used to clean for a bunch of different Latino families back in the day. So she ended up learning how to cook like Colombian, Puerto Rican, Cuban food, Dominican, like all kinds of different shit. So I like, I never knew what country the food was coming from, you know? But in my head, I knew it wasn't Mexican. And because my Spanish, the words, some of the words that I would use because I learned Spanish more so from my mom, they were not Mexican Spanish words. So like girl, instead of saying niña, we would say patoja or like patojo for a boy. Um, Just little things like that that were different. And when these words would come out of my mouth in front of my Mexican cousins, they'd be looking at me all weird. So I always felt othered. And I don't, I mean, whether it was intentional or not, is it don't matter. Because to me, the impact was that I was othered. And because of that, I always identified more so with the Guatemalan side. I went off to college and I started and I started my freshman year at NIU. I so I, I used to play soccer back in the day. And I loved the the Brazil team. So I always had like a shirt or sweater or jacket with the Brazil colors. And I've always loved really bright colors. Like green is my favorite color, neon green to be specific. Um, So I always love the colors. And because I have really olive skin, um, I guess people always assumed I was Brazilian. So when people started asking me on campus if I was, I would say I was just because I thought it was cool. But it wasn't until later, like after I started my career and I started getting deep into like diversity work and inclusion work and stuff that I started giving value to my Latinidad as a whole, to my Guatemalan side and my Mexican side and how I was raised with a fusion of both. And now, like, I think that's beautiful. But this whole concept of enmeshment with my family has really got me fucked up. So I'm going to give y'all some tea. And if y'all want to run and tell my deals, go the fuck ahead and y'all can play this for them too. My grandfather, if you guys heard my episode about my grandfather, my grandfather passed away over two, almost three years ago, in December of 2020. And... This man and my grandmother worked so fucking hard, guys. They worked so hard to build this lifestyle that my my cousins, my first cousins, my, my sisters and I, 
and my dad and my tios and my tias have been able to live towards the end of my grandfather's life because of his fucking hard work. And I didn't know so much about the history until closer to my grandfather's death because in, in our culture, in the Latino culture, there's just certain questions you don't ask. But one of my colleagues, before I left to visit my grandfather, had told me, you know, ask the questions, make sure you record him speaking because you never know when you're gonna wanna go back and hear his voice. I regret to this fucking day not doing that because I felt like that it was intrusive enough for me to be asking some of these questions. And you know, with grandparents, they can be very old school. So I didn't want to have the impact be that my grandfather felt disrespected or taken advantage of by me recording him, you know? Cause it's just, that's just the antiquated way of being. Like all this technology is new. So I didn't record him. I do have some pictures where like, you know, the iPhone does like the, the live photos or whatever. So there's some where I can see him moving and stuff, but I don't have anything where I recorded him, unfortunately. But I still was able to ask him a few questions and my grandmother was there as well. So I got to learn more about how all this shit came to be. So for those that know me personally, you all know that I have an avocado tattooed on my arm. And even my logo for my business is, the background is a picture of me and you see a bunch of greenery. So that greenery, the background is, is in one of the huertas of my grandparents. I don't know off the top of my head how many huertas they have, but it's quite a few. And that shit didn't come easy. So from how the story goes, my grandparents came to the US and they were in Pilsen for a little bit. I, I wanna say my dad was like seven or some shit. And they brought over here, my aunt that's a, right after my dad and the uncle that's after that. So they were all little, came out here. My dad ended up taking care of them while my grandparents were working. And the plan was for my grandparents to work and send the money back to Mexico to build what we have now of all the huerta. So I believe the focus was one huerta at a time. That would make sense, right? So they would not even like, they barely spent anything out here from what my grandmother says. Like my, my dad had told me that at one point they didn't even have a fridge. They had a little crack in the door where they would let the cold air come through in the winter and wherever the, the cold hit the most on the ground, that's where my, my dad would have all of the groceries that had to stay cold. That's where he would keep it to make sure the shit wouldn't spoil. And from what my grandmother says, they wouldn't spend money really on anything. The vast majority of the money was sent to Mexico. My grandfather didn't want her to work. He wanted her to stay at home with the kids. But my grandma was like, nah, like if the both of us work, we can get to our financial goal faster and then all of us could go back home. My grandma ended up being pregnant and ended up having her, her baby out here, one of my aunts. And because of that baby, I guess that's what they call the anchor baby, my dad and his siblings that were already born were able to get the green card out here, the residency, and so were my grandparents. So 
there was a lot of back and forth, you know. Uh, my grandma even had appendicitis, got her appendix removed and all that, and went to work right away. Like all of this sacrifice, all these sacrifices to build this, this life in Mexico. In the meantime, while my grandparents were traveling back and forth, my dad ended up joining a gang. He ended up joining a gang in Pilsen. From what he says, he did it to have extra protection for his siblings, especially because he had two younger sisters to take care of. And he was still in school. He went to Cooper for elementary, started off at Juarez. And unfortunately, he didn't make it past freshman year because of his game banging. Once my grandmother found out that he was game banging, then she sent his ass back to Mexico. And at the time, my dad and my grandfather didn't get along. Um, I want to say it's because they were they're both very stubborn. My, my grandfather was very stubborn. Um, but I, maybe my dad had a little bit of resentment at the time. I don't really know. I guess that's a question I can ask him later. But all these sacrifices, I learned more about my grandfather. He had a really bad drinking habit that he developed, I guess, after his dad died that I didn't really get to see. I mean, I guess I did see a little bit of it, but... I didn't think anything of it. I was so little. I do remember one time I was in Mexico for like one of my vacations for summer or some shit. And my grandfather walked in and he had a black eye. And I was like, bro, what is wrong? So I asked him, I was like, abuelito, what happened to your face? I asked him in Spanish. And he was like, oh, you know, like I, I tripped and I fell and I hit my head on the corner of the, the coffee table. And I'm like, hell and I'm like oh okay later come to find out that yeah he did fall and he did hit his head on the edge of the coffee table but it was because he was fucked up and there were other cases that my grandma shared with me about my grandfather being drunk and getting super aggressive and chasing her and my my uncles and my aunts with with a gun and they would have to run next door to my grandfather's brother's house for safety because my grandpa would just lose his shit while he was that fucked up. And again, this doesn't make my grandfather a bad person. This is just the shit that he did, you know, bad, the bad actions don't always make people a bad person. I feel like maybe he was super sad that his dad died or something must have happened, you know, between him and his father that when he died, like, he took that shit to heart, like, real bad. I mean, I feel like all of us take deaths to heart, right? But, like, some, there must have been some resentment or some pain or trauma or something that he hadn't processed yet that had him resort to drinking and then maybe triggered this behavior. I don't really fucking know. But at the end of the day, this is what happened. This is the shit that my grandma lived through, shit that she survived. My grandfather has a kid that came out of I don't fucking nowhere. Uh, apparently he done fucked this, one of the ladies that used to clean their house and she got pregnant. So I don't really know him either, um, but I did see him at my grandfather's funeral. And I mean, my grandma knew about it, but she, she stuck around, you know? 
And my grandma is not really confrontational. think I've ever seen her mad. I've seen her get mad, but get sad because of how angry she is, if that makes sense. But other than that, my grandma has always been pretty reserved. Like, growing up, I, I do recall getting more affection from my grandfather. He would laugh with us a lot, joke around with us a lot. He would play with us, had to sit on the ground in the puddles and splash the water and play in the dirt. And, you know, he wanted to make sure that we were being kids, that we were having a good time. And I remember my grandma being in the background, but, and her like smiling and looking at us and obviously feeding us because that lady could cook. <laughs> but she didn't, I mean, she was, she's never really been an affectionate person. And she was, she's never really been talkative. And actually, like, this last time I went to visit her, she she said multiple times, she's like, soy bien pendeja para platicar, which I, I really hate when she talks to herself like that. Um, but that's just going to show you that she's very insecure about her speaking abilities. My grandparents also didn't really know how to read or write. They learned a little later. But y'all, like, this is just a little glimpse of the bullshit. The shit that my grandma had to fucking deal with. And now I got these dumbass uncles and aunts of mine that are suing her. Can you fucking believe that? I mean, I had seen some of this stuff happen in soap operas, in the novelas. And I had heard of other people going through this stuff. And I'm just like, there's no fucking way. And... I know my dad didn't get along with all his siblings growing up. I mean, I don't get along with all my siblings now, but I never imagined in my 32 years of life that anyone would sue their mother. Like my grandma is in her mid seventies, had busted her ass off, stayed with my grandfather through thick and thin, through the cheating, the alcohol abuse, all the sacrifices, the whole machismo, literally helped my aunts and my uncles survive my grandfather's alcohol abuse and how he would just fucking tweak out when he was drunk. Like, my grandfather could have easily, on one of his binges, could have easily fucking popped one of my uncles in the head. You know, like, shit like that could have happened. But my grandma was there, was running with them, making sure that they were okay. And now, these assholes want to go and sue my grandma. I thought, <laughs> I thought entitlement was only for white people. I literally thought that the only people that could feel disentitled were the rich white folks. And here I am, fucking over two years later, still hearing about the bullshit that my dad's middle siblings are putting my grandmother through. Sitting here talking shit on social media through Facebook, like, no tienen vergüenza. And my grandma's over here to this day, 
still praying for these assholes. My grandma, y'all, my grandma be praying for hours and hours and hours. Like she'll go to bed and she's playing mass, like Misa, on the TV while she's sleeping. And she'll wake up at like three, four in the morning because she can't sleep. And she'll be praying. She'll be praying until like eight, nine in the morning. How, how do people do it? Like this is, and you know, there's people that will be like, oh, well, money's the root of all people. No, fuck that. Fuck that. Money is an inanimate object. You can, it's a piece of fucking paper. You can literally grab it and burn it. You can throw it in the, in the washing machine. And that shit ain't gonna work. It has no feelings. It's literally printed. It's man-made. We, as human beings, are the ones that have put value onto this fucking piece of paper. So no, money is not the root of all evil. Human beings are the root of all evil because we're the ones making these decisions to behave in this way, to do these things. Like, how does your conscience sleep at night knowing that you just took your fucking mom to court over some shit that you didn't even work for? Like... One of my aunts works full-time in CPS. What fucking need do you have to be suing your mom? You're married, you have two fucking kids. You were married, you got a divorce, now you remarried. This dude makes over 100K on his own. You're making probably like 40 grand and you got two kids. One of them decided not to go to college, is working you know, on their own, by the house. The other one's in high school. Like, what type of fucking lifestyle do you want, bro? You have a whole building that you you and your brother own that you're making money out of, and you live in the basement. Like, what more do you want? The other one is married, still lives in Mexico, is trying to live this lavish-ass lifestyle in the fucking rancho. You got a kid that's gonna be a dentist, that's almost done with school, and then the other two are in high school. You're walking around wearing J's, Nike and Adidas. So is it because you're trying to keep up with these appearances? Like, I don't fucking get it. And then the other dumbass lived here, used to talk so much shit about people that were working in the field, that worked with their hands, talking about some mija. I went to school so that I wouldn't have to work with my hands. I work with my brain. Okay, dumbass, and that's why your stupid ass went to Mexico, dropped everything here, probably filed for fucking bankruptcy, left to Mexico, and had to borrow money from my grandfather to buy a, a huerta that you then had to learn how to fucking run because your dumbass felt too good to get dirt under your nails. And now you want to sit here and also sue my grandmother? <laughs> like, how? How? I remember when I went out there for almost a month before my grandfather died. He was still decent enough where he was talking and walking and interacting, you know, fine. And these assholes were at this fucking house all the goddamn time. They were kissing so much fucking ass. It was disgusting. So disgusting. And I could see, I'm 
as I mentioned in other episodes, like I am very observant and I'm very sensitive to energy. And I could sense the frustration vibrating out of my grandfather's body. He would sit there with his head in his hand and you could tell how annoyed he was with everyone being there. So fucking irritated. And I felt the hypocrisy, like you could cut that shit with a butter knife. Like it was insane. And I'm like, dude, why are you motherfuckers here all day, every day, to the point of feeding him in the mouth, making him feel like he's incapable of doing shit for himself? The one thing I'll say about my family is that we do not like feeling, I guess there's no better word, like an invalid. We don't like feeling like we can't do things for ourselves. And yeah, granted, my grandfather was very sick, but I'm like, dude, like at least let him, the little things that he could do on his own, let him fucking do it so that he doesn't feel like, like he's useless. I would wake up in the morning and I would see him outside underneath this little tin roof where they park all the cars. He had his own little chair there where he would sit down and he would just think. Like he spent most of his time towards the end just super pensive, not really saying much. And just so that he wouldn't be alone, I would go out there and I would sit there with him just in complete silence. All I would ask him was like, do you need anything? He'd be like, nope, I'm good. And I'd just fucking sit there. Just sharing space, sitting there, enjoying the weather. I don't know what he was thinking about towards the end or maybe he was just irritated, but I would just sit there. Sometimes he would ask me for water and I would go get it. But most of the time I was just sitting there sharing space with him. But now I know for sure that these these assholes were just there kissing ass because they were hoping that my grandfather would leave a will and leave all this shit to him. But that, to them. But that wouldn't make any fucking sense, y'all, because my grandmother is still out here alive and thriving, okay? My grandma is still out here. And yes, she's super depressed right now because who the fuck has all these kids? How do you sit there and give birth to five kids and then later in your 70s you come to realize that three of them are fucking snakes that three of them could give two fucks if you ended up in jail over the shit that you created with your husband so she's depressed because it's hard to acknowledge that to realize that that the people that you fed that you were willing to give your life for would turn around and kick you in the ass like that. And that the two kids that maybe stressed you the fuck out are the only ones in your corner right now. That That is just insane to me. It's, it's ironic. It's really ironic. But my grandma's still here. And I've gotten to get closer to her since my grandfather's passing. I've come to realize I have a lot of her traits, like the singing part. I don't know if you all know, but I love singing. 
I mean, I didn't get a career out of singing or anything, and I'm not like Adele or anything like that, but I do find comfort in singing. And when I feel very stressed, I tend to hit up TikTok and sing. And my grandma does the same thing. She'll, after she's done praying, she'll get ready for the day. She'll go outside. She spends so much time outside with her plants. She's got a beautiful garden all around the house. And she'll sit there and tend to her garden while she's singing different songs. She actually told me a story about her childhood, which I'll share with you all in another episode since we're like, we've been here for a while, y'all. So I appreciate you still being here. But it's beautiful that I am able to get to know my grandmother more now. And it's sad. It's really sad that she has to experience all this stuff. I feel like none of us have been able to grieve my grandfather's passing because this fucking stupid ass situation with the orchards and the courts in Mexico and the suing literally started like three days after he passed. Three days after he passed, my uncle's started with their bullshit and it's just been drama and drama and drama after drama so when I do go visit my grandma and my uncle out there I try to focus on fun I try to just immerse myself in conversation that doesn't have to do with the drama And I try to get us on a vibe of reminiscing so that I can know more about the history of my dad's family. Unfortunately, I haven't met really anybody other than my aunt from my mom's side. I do have it on my bucket list to go to Guatemala and meet my sister out there because I've only talked to her on the phone and through Facebook when when she's talking to my mom. So I don't really know much about my Guatemalan culture. And for whatever reason, my mom doesn't really have any aspirations of going, but I'm not gonna have her stop me from going. She might have some history out there that she doesn't want to revisit, but I have no history out there, so that I've created myself. So I want to go and I wanna know more about my grandmother from my mom's side, get to know my sister. I have nieces out there. Like there's, there's just so much. I want to eat the foods and drink the beers. And I'm very much a daughter of nature. So I also want to be around the greenery. I don't know how that's going to work because I'm out from the city, but we'll figure that out. But it's been beautiful. It's been beautiful to connect with my grandma and my uncle over these past two years. Especially because I am named after my grandmother. Out of all the grandkids, I am the only one that's named after my grandma. And I feel like over time, I've grown into my name. When I was growing up, I didn't really like my name. My full name is Flores Esperanza. And I didn't like it because it wasn't 
I don't know, I think maybe it was because it didn't sound like everyone else's name as I was growing up and people would make fun of me all the time. Because, you know, in English, it sounds ugly. It sounds like you're literally talking about the shit that you step on. And Esperanza doesn't sound cute. Um, but as I've gotten older and I've experienced life and I'm in control of my behavior and I'm doing it consciously and with intention, I feel like I've I've grown into my name. Like the flower, like I've, I, I continue blooming. I'm always focusing on betterment, how I can be a better version of myself little by little every day. And I try y'all, like I really try to inspire people and provide hope. I guess hope would be the better word, not so much inspire because I feel like sometimes inspiration, when you use that word, it can be deficit because you're assuming that the other person doesn't know what they want to do with their lives or they have no want to do anything when that's not always the case. Sometimes we keep ourselves from making these drastic decisions or making these drastic changes because we're scared that it won't go our way or that we're not good enough or that there's no light. So I try to provide hope. I try to be the light for people because I've, I've hit rock bottom. I've been in the darkness before. And luckily it hasn't happened lately. And part of it is because I, I surround myself with people that are all light and I do things that I enjoy. I'm trying really hard to unlearn a lot of ideologies that come from our culture, that came from my upbringing, that are just toxic to me. And I try to focus on light. I ask myself every day if I enjoy what I'm doing, if I'm happy. And if the answer is yes, I continue doing it. And if the answer is no, then I sit there in conversation with myself and try to figure out what am I keeping myself from doing? And is it because of fear or is it because of lack of resources? And I go from there. So that's the tea, y'all. All this to say, sometimes you gotta say fuck family because family isn't always gonna be there for you. And that's the fucking truth. That is the honest to God truth. There's been so many family members that I've had to cut off and block because they fucked with me when they needed me. And now that they don't, or they feel like they're less than because I have a degree or whatever, or maybe they're fucking hating. I don't give a fuck, to be honest. They just want to sit there and just watch what you're doing, but not give you like, a congratulations or check in on you to see how you're doing, what your well-being is like, or go have coffee with you or share a story with you or nothing. Like there's no fucking interaction other than just watching, them watching you on social media or now with these idiots. The only interaction I've had with them has been anger because I keep hearing about the shit that they're doing to my grandmother. And as a matter of fact, I ran into one of my aunts and part of me wanted to be hurt, but I wasn't because I had, I've learned to not have expectations from people because expectations lead to disappointment. So this aunt, out of all of them, I was the closest to her because when I was little 
and my parents would let me go to Mexico with my grandparents. There was a time where I was out there for like six months. Every time I would go out there, this particular aunt of mine would take me under her wing. She would bathe me, feed me, dress me. Every time I was with her, they, uh, people in the streets would ask if I was her daughter. And yeah, like I do kind of look like her a little bit. And I admired her a lot because she's very beautiful. Well, she was very beautiful, you know, externally. And I always had a good time with her. And I had really good memories with her, but I was, initially I was disappointed in her behavior with my grandma. And after I realized that that's just who she is, I had no more expectations of her. I hadn't seen her since my grandfather passed away. I hadn't seen her since the novena. And for those of you that don't know what a novena is, you're basically praying for nine days. It's what you do after you bury your loved one. So you pray the rosary for nine days. Everyone that's going to be praying with you goes to wherever you're doing the novena. And there's food, there's um, like coffee or hot chocolate or something that the host provides. And you just do that for nine days straight. So I hadn't seen her since the novena. And I was hoping that I wouldn't run into her because I didn't know what to expect. But I did. I ran into her this this past summer when I was out there. It was very weird. I was coming out of the one of the pharmacies. I was looking for, I think it was like an acne ointment or something, because my acne be triggering sometimes, y'all. Like it'll come up if I get stressed. But anywho, they got this really good ointment out there that I tend to bring back because can't really find it out here. And you know, over there you don't need a prescription. So I was coming out. And the direction I was going was opposite of her. So we literally went opposite directions, but were super close to each other. Like not even two inches, like really close to each other. Where I know that she saw me. And, and not only did I know that she saw me, but I sensed her anxiety. She got really nervous when she saw me. And I think a very small part of me was giving her the benefit of a doubt. Because again, I, I've grown into my name, so I, I'm hopeful. The very small part of me was hoping that she would stop and say hi to me. Because then that would show me that there's a little bit of hope in her. But instead, she did a very brief pause and then walked super nervously away to the gym as she was playing with her water bottle. My fiance was like, hey, isn't that your aunt? And I was like, yep, fuck her. And she speaks English, so I know she fucking heard me. And if you know who I'm talking about and you wanna go be a chismoso and tell her I said that, tell her I said, fuck you. I, don't, I honestly, I don't give a fuck about them anymore. Well, I'm not going to say I don't give a fuck about them because if I didn't, I wouldn't be angry. I am very angry. I am very angry and very frustrated with this whole situation. Not so much for myself. I've learned how to separate myself from my family at this point. 
But I am very hurt for my grandmother because she does not deserve to be going through this bullshit over some fucking land. Like, dude, what? And then they're gonna get this land if they get it and they're gonna sell it. And there goes my family's entire history. It's not even so much about the financial stuff for me. It's just, for me, these are artifacts. These are artifacts from my family's history. I am someone that's studying economics over here and I'm trying to uplift my my Latino community, talking about cultural wealth and financial wealth and generational wealth. And these assholes are over here trying to sell the artifacts that we have in Mexico that neither of them worked for. So what? And the part that annoys me the most is that all of them go to church. Pinches catolicos, man. Like, how do you go to church, pray, say thanks to God, and then you go fuck over your mom every week? How? And they want to go and share these fucking biblical memes on Facebook, and then I got some of my other family members loving the memes, and interacting with them and I'm like y'all are tripping I cannot I cannot but yeah sometimes you gotta say fuck family y'all sometimes you gotta say fuck family it ain't always about blood and you gotta create your own family create your own family so that you don't feel completely isolated like don't self-isolate that shit ain't healthy either create your own family that's gonna be there for whatever your needs are, whether that's to give you those words of encouragement, to remind you of your brilliance, to provide that space where you can fall apart, because even those of us that are super strong, like we fall apart sometimes. Create your family that is going to celebrate you, not judge you, and always have your back 1000 fucking percent, regardless of what you're doing. That is all. Leave me comments if you want to. And I appreciate you all. If you're experiencing something similar, I would love to hear what you're going through. And I hope that this shit ends pretty quick because I need my grandma to be happy. You never know, you know, when your time is up. Tomorrow I promise a day. And life's too short to be fucking miserable all the time and sad and worried about other people. So, all right, my peaches. I'll see y'all next time. Welcome to Como La Flor Con Flor. If you love listening to this podcast as much as I love making it, please consider dropping a little donation. And if you ain't got the funds, that's cool. I would really appreciate it if you could share this podcast with a friend, a family, a fellow metiche, you know, one of them folks, or anyone that you think would resonate with the content that I've been creating. Saludos, se me cuidan y se lo lavan.